you know, the labor shortage that we're seeing really is everywhere, but it's particularly hard hit in the uh, in the healthcare industry. It's been awfully tough to staff back up and get people back in. And now with the escalation of COVID-19, not only here, but around the world, it seems all the more necessary. This plays right into the wheelhouse, we would think, of Dallas-based AMN Healthcare Services. They're in the business of finding staffing, temporary or otherwise. Susan Salka is head of the New York Stock Exchange listed company and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. It's great to be here, David. Thank you so much uh, for the honor of being with you, but also the spotlight on, on some of these important issues. Yeah, you know, what a difference a year makes. A year ago, I was looking at the unemployment listings and it was all, I mean, it was all healthcare. It was, you know, doctor's offices and nurses and receptionists and everybody else. And now you just can't find enough. What's going on in the, in the industry right now? Well, you know, even pre-pandemic, David, there was already a shortage of clinicians across the board, you know, nursing, physician, allied. We place all of those disciplines, but we also are the largest provider of interim leaders. We do permanent placement and language services. So we were seeing shortages that were getting progressively worse because of the aging population. Yes, driving more demand for healthcare, but what a lot of people didn't understand is the aging population was also driving shortages within those healthcare disciplines. And the pandemic just accelerated and exaggerated the shortages that were already going to occur and, and get worse. Uh, a lot of clinicians decided that they were going to take another course, maybe retire early, or just literally take another career choice because they didn't want to be risking uh, for themselves and their families being at the patient bedside. And, and those that have fought the battle so hard over the last year and a half, many are burned out. You know, if you just look at JOLT's data, oh, yeah. um, you know, Bureau of Labor Statistics, there's you know more quits than there are hires. In fact, for every two job jobs open only one gets filled yeah i mean the, the the monday morning data on the jolts the job opening survey 10.1 million in june up from you know over nine and a half which nine and a half million the prior month which i think was a record but this is a i mean yours is a cyclical industry isn't it i mean i note with interest you all use the term travel nurse staffing explain what travel nurse staffing is Yes. And, you know, to your first point, we used to be more cyclical. We've done a lot within the business to really mitigate that cyclicality and, and add in a lot of other businesses that are more resistant to economic downturns, uh, have better recurring revenue and whatnot. But we'll get to more of that later, I'm sure. But travel nursing is where we're placing nurses. And by the way, it's, again, also allied professionals, PTs, OTs, you know, lab techs, respiratory techs, yeah. and physicians, et cetera. So we're placing them all across the country. So we're working with wonderful clients all across the U.S. And we have clinicians that we are recruiting to go work at those clients on either contract positions, meaning from eight to maybe 13 weeks in duration. We do a little bit of daily staffing at a local level, but most of it is this longer term contract staffing. So we'll take a nurse from Nebraska, where maybe I like where I grew up, and bring him to Texas for three months, and we handle all of the credentialing, licensing, uh, onboarding, and as you can imagine, in this environment where there's such an incredible shortage of clinicians everywhere, 
our demand is at record levels and it's really across all disciplines. Well, is anything being done about the supply side? I mean, can you work with, you know, universities, colleges, um, to crank there, out more nurses, recruiting? Well, there are lots of things being done, but the problem is you've got a bottleneck in the education systems for physicians. There aren't enough residency slots. We're on the path to have a shortage of 130,000 physicians across this country in the next 10 years. So, you know, one of the fixes was that they they approved at, at a federal level a thousand more slots for residents. Well, that doesn't do much. And then for nurses, it's a bottleneck in the education system where there aren't enough faculty and slots in nursing schools. It's a little bit of funding, but it's also the shortage of faculty that has PhD or master's degrees that are willing and, and able to teach. There are plenty of bright young people that want to go into nursing, or for many people it's as a second career, but there just aren't enough spots. If you know anyone trying to get into nursing school, it's very difficult. Really? You would think that usually the supply and demand has a way of kind of working things out. And, you know, you expand the program if there's if there's more demand for it. And clearly there is. There is. And you're right. Your normal sort of supply demand economics would tell you that this thing will write itself over time. But the, the problem is we're talking about people and and certainly they can't be trained overnight for a physician and takes 12 years and costs a million dollars to train a new physician. And so it's expensive as well. And then for nursing, again, there's this uh, bottleneck issue within the education system. Now we do bring in nurses from outside the US, wonderful, well-trained, experienced nurses, uh, but there's a problem with immigration, uh, well, not just for nurses, but for you know so many individuals. And it takes anywhere from four to six, maybe seven years to be able to get a nurse through the visa process to bring them in. So there's just no easy fix. You know, there's a lot that is being done to try to alleviate the workload of nurses uh, and, and other healthcare professionals by maybe going back to team nursing as opposed to primary. But you know, all of those things have been tried before, I'll say, and they really haven't moved the needle much. So, so it's, it's going to... Tell me about your business. I, I, is, I don't know if this is, if you have a lot of competitors. I mean, the street loves you. The stock's up 56% this year. You had earnings that came out last week, and they were blowout numbers. I think revenues were up something like over 40% year over year. Is this a crowded field? It, it is. You know, we're the largest in our industry, and yet it's still very fragmented. We're the largest overall in healthcare staffing and workforce technology solutions because we, in addition to the staffing solutions that we provide temporary and permanent, we also provide several virtual care solutions, uh, such as in schools, where we provide speech therapists and behavioral therapists remotely. As you can imagine, very important right now is Many schools don't know if they're even going back full time. We also are the largest provider of video language interpretation services. So if you're a patient and, and English is not your primary language, uh, you need to have access to an interpreter by law, but also for just better care. So we are the largest you know, across the overall industry, but you know, we're still only about 12% of the overall industry. And it's interesting because you know there's been really not a lot of new large entrants into our industry, but certainly a lot of consolidation and even the smaller newer entrants have done well. So you know it's I'd say it's a healthy 
competitive landscape and certainly plenty of room for everybody to be growing. As a leader and, uh, you know, by far the most diverse, we are certainly looked to to lead the way when it comes to innovation and yeah. investment. So we're doing a ton along the digital front to make sure that you know, we're really providing a, a faster, better experience for clinicians. You know, so many things when I started 30 years ago, of course, everything was done by the mail and a phone call. And now you have to have an app that allows clinicians to not only find their jobs, but upload their documents and, and literally get credentialed within hours, not a matter of weeks. You know, I can, I can see all the short run anyway. There'd be demand uh, in areas that you hadn't really seen it. There's always been a school nurse, but I mean, her job was sort of to hand out, you know, ADD medicine once a day or something. But now, I mean, you really need somebody who knows their stuff and, and probably more than one. I would guess that corporations are looking more to have in-house health care. You're, you're absolutely right, David. There are several organizations that do provide in-house clinics for large corporations, and, and we've staffed some of those. We don't manage the whole thing ourselves necessarily, but when we work with a company like that, we're able to bring in multiple pieces of the puzzle, the clinicians, but also, as I mentioned, the language interpretation or the virtual platforms that they might need. It was interesting during the pandemic because it really created a necessity for us to bring together multiple pieces of our solutions in a different way we had never done before. You know, just as an example, in uh, California, we worked alongside one of our, our largest clients, Kaiser, and set up uh, mass vaccination sites all across the state and were able to vaccinate hundreds of thousands of people. And we did that by bringing together our nursing solutions, our physician, our leadership solutions, our uh, scheduling solutions. Yeah. We have the top nurse and staff scheduling solution in the country. We also brought together our remote uh, language interpretation services. So it actually gave us this opportunity to show not just our clients, but ourselves what we could do and deliver maybe more holistic, you know, solutions right. with multiple pieces. But see, that would be my fear is that, that, that obviously there's tremendous demand right now, but it might be short lived and that you might be in a position of building, you know, the church big enough just to handle the Easter crowd <laughs> and that, that maybe demand <laughs> is going to drop off here. Uh, which I, someday, I guess, COVID-19's got to go away, right? Well, we always have significant demand, David, even yeah. pre-pandemic. Certainly, we have far more demand than we could fill as an industry and as a company because there are ongoing needs. And, you know, there's always a need for flexible staffing. In fact, it's best practices, not just in healthcare, but in any company to have some portion of your staff be permanent, some portion be contractors, some portion be temporary. It's the best way to get the access to the best talent when and where you need them. But the pandemic has really taken that and just accelerated and, and exacerbated those shortages and those needs. So right now we have, I mentioned, record high demand. That demand quite honestly could drop off almost 50% and it still wouldn't affect our ability to grow because wow. there's just so much more need than what can be dealt with. And mm -hmm. unfortunately the underlying issues of these shortages aren't going away anytime mm. soon. The demand we have today is not because of COVID patients. We just started to get a little more direct COVID demand in the last week or so. But the last, you know, sort of five months, 
as demand has been surging is really because of these vacancies. It's that burnout, fatigue, exactly. people making other decisions. Uh, and you know, we don't really see an end in sight. And probably more importantly, our clients are telling us that they don't really see an end in sight. And so, you know, we're working with them to have more long-term planning right. as to what their their workforce needs are going to be, not just now. We, we know we'll all battle through this together and collaborate and innovate and find interesting ways to kind of just muscle through the next year. But they're very concerned, and we are too, about what's going to be at the other end and and the shortages yes. that will persist for indeed, three indeed, to five indeed, years. Indeed we all are. I, it's fascinating business, particularly fascinating time to be in your business. Susan Salk is the CEO of AMN Healthcare Services. Thanks for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, David. I love your work, and, and again, great honor to be here with you. And uh, we love being in, in Texas, great right. state, to, and, and, and to it's be good, headquartered. Good to have you here at Out of California. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> For more of our conversation with Ms. Salka, please go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.